Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our look at the direct examination by the state of SLED Senior Special Agent Jeff Croft as he answered questions from Creighton Waters about collecting firearms and ammunition as evidence in the trial. In this installment, we continue our review of Prosecutor Waters' questioning of Special Agent Croft, this time about an interview that the witness participated in with the defendant. That's all coming up right after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It is early afternoon on Monday, January 30th, 2023, the fourth day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. Prosecutor Creighton Waters continues his direct examination of Senior Special Agent Croft. We begin today as Waters pivots from asking Croft questions about evidence related to firearms and ammunition to using the witness to introduce a recording of an interview that the witness participated in with the defendant. You've told this jury that a primary focus that you had here because of your general knowledge of firearms was to gather that type of evidence. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. But you also participated in interviews in this case as well, didn't you? Yes, sir, I did. You talked about interviewing Rogan Gibson. You talked about interviewing John Bedenfield, right? That is correct. Yes, sir. Did you interview the defendant or participate in an interview with the defendant? Yes, sir, I did. Do you remember what day that was that you participated in an interview with the defendant? I don't remember the actual date. Um, Let me uh, show you Exhibit 243 and see if you recognize this exhibit. Okay. Yes, sir, I do. All right. And what is that disc? This is a recorded uh, interview which was conducted with uh, Alex Murdoch on 6 10 of 2021. Are your initials on this desk? They are. Your Honor, at this time we would offer an evidence state's exhibits 243, I believe, without objection. Objection. The interview of the defendant on June 10th, 2021, where did that take place? It was uh, in Senior Special Agent David Owens' patrol vehicle in the uh, yard of Mr. Uh, John Marvin Murdoch's hunting lodge. Now, at this time, we're going to play Exhibit 243, the second interview of Alec Murdoch. In the video, as with the previous interview in SLED Senior Special Agent David Owens' vehicle, the camera point of view is from the rear view mirror. We see Owens sitting in the driver's seat and Alex Murdoch sitting in the passenger seat. Behind Murdoch sits the witness, Jeff Croft. And behind the driver's seat, we see Murdoch's attorney, Jim Griffin, who is also representing him at trial. Initially, we hear Alex Murdoch take a phone call on his cell can I take this call really yes, quick? Sir, go this right is here. my sister. Yes, go ahead. And she's trying to. Hey, Marion. 
Okay, man, I meet with law, I mean, man, when I meet with law enforcement, so I'll call you in just a minute. Don't have a card. That's fine. Did, che did Chelsea call you? Okay. Can you let Chelsea know and then make her run Lynn down? Okay, well, tell her to go get Christy to find Lynn. Get any one of the secretaries to find her. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sorry to put that on you. The first voice we hear speaking with Murdoch and his attorney, Jim Griffin, is senior special agent David Owen. One thing I want to do before we start is I'd like to get a cell phone exam so we can just corroborate everything. Um, let me get a consent, and I got a guy here that's going to do it. Are you going to download it now? Yes, sir. Okay, great. So I'll get to keep my phone? Yes, sir. Good. Yeah. Um, Who was the guy that was there to download Alex's phone? Do you remember? Uh, Dylan Hightower with 14th Circuit Solicitor's Office. He works with the 14th Circuit Solicitor's Office? That is correct. At that point in time, that was the prosecutor's office in charge of the case? That is correct. It was not until August that the case got sent to the uh, Attorney General's office? That is correct. How much attorney-client privilege stuff is on there? A lot. Okay. We do have a taint attorney that's going to examine it before we ever do. What is a taint attorney? A, a taint attorney. They look at somebody who's not affiliated with the case that makes sure that there's... Jim, do you know? Can you explain it better? At this point, Murdoch's attorney, Jim Griffin, chimes in to explain to his client what a taint attorney is. I mean, it's a privileged attorney that, that doesn't, if there is attorney-client privilege information, it's just redacted or, or extracted by the taint attorney. How do they know who's the client? I know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. It, I, yeah. You know what? But if y'all get some attorney client, you know, would go through me. And so signature. Um, just write your name here. So Alec, I've had situations where it's not a big deal. Give me a list of all his clients or something like that. You know, but I think the big thing, Joe, is I mean, when you download that phone, I don't know if emails come with it or not, because that's probably where all his attorney client privilege. Again. That was Murdoch attorney Jim Griffin speaking as Murdoch signed release papers acknowledging that his rights were explained and as he handed his phone to senior special agent Croft. We can I and we can actually isolate the um the emails. Yeah. You don't text my e clients. No, I do. T my text a lot of clients. Okay. I, I, I'm not a big emailer. Is that at 11 or 12, or do you know? I do not know. Okay. As senior special agent David Owen takes Murdoch's cell phone to a specialist who will extract the information, Alex Murdoch speaks with senior special agent Croft. Where are you from, sir? I'm actually from Barnwell. Oh, yeah? Yes, sir. I got some cousins in Barnwell. I got people in Barnwell, too. Mixon. Um, Mixon all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was my. Office. You came to Dickie Mixon? I don't know. You know, that, um, <laughs> Mixon, all my uncle Ray Mixon, and his son Teddy and Bobby and you know, a bunch of them. Then um, you know, Freddie Mixon. Oh, I knew Freddie Mixon very well. Yeah, and his what? wife Anna and Jill. Goes Freddie uh, goes to uh, Elko Church. Yeah, not anymore. He's dead. No, I mean, he went. Well, he did. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was at a funeral. He had a Tiger Paul casket at the funeral. Big Clemson guy. You know Big John Bedingfield, don't you? Oh, I, yeah. I know John. That's my cousin. Okay. Who was he just talking about right there? John Bedingfield, the DNR officer who is also the one that built the uh, the AR-style rifles, 300 blackout for him. And Sweet Caroline. John's uh, son and my son are the same age. They were in school together. Did you grow up in Barnes? Yes, sir. At this point, Senior Special Agent Owen returns to the vehicle. So he's got it and he's taking care of that. But I get it back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. In the recorded interview, Senior Special Agent David Owen next references the interview that he conducted with Alex Murdoch on the night of the murders. Um, so when we spoke the other night, I got kind of a basic overview. Yes, sir. Um, and it was pretty traumatic. That's okay. Um, yeah. I know so, you yeah. need to ask me. You ask me what you need to. So I just I, I want you to let's start Monday morning and and take me through your day. Monday morning, uh, you know, that did Monday morning. Um, my wife and my older son had gone to the baseball games that weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really can't remember what I did Monday. I know I went to work, okay. but, you know, I think I was dragging a little bit from the weekend mm-hmm. and that I went to work. Um, I usually mess around on my farm and then I go to work. Um, I was at work, okay. um, you know. Were you at the office in Hampton? Or? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. I was at my office in Hampton. You know, I mean, I was just at my office doing legal work. Yes, sir. I'm sure I can go back and probably recreate some specifics mm-hmm. if you need me to, but I can't like sit here and recall on the top of my head exactly what I was working on. I know one thing I was working on was we had some big motions coming up in a Dominion Energy case. I was getting ready for those, and uh, I was getting ready for some motions. I'm a defendant in a civil case involving my son. I told you about the boat wreck. Yes, sir. And there were some motions coming up in that on Thursday, and I was mostly just getting ready for those things. And then. This is in response to a question as to what he was doing the day of the murders? That is correct, yes, sir. And he said he was working on some motions in the Dominion Energy case, and then also where he's a personally a defendant in the boat case, is that correct? That is correct, that's yes, sir. That's what he said he was doing the day of the murders, is that right? That is correct, yes, sir. Thank you. Other junk. Uh, what time did you leave the house to go to the office? I'm not sure. Uh, who, who all was at the house when you left? To go to my office yes, that sir. morning. Or when you got up, who was at the house? I'm sure my wife was, and I can't remember if Blanca had made it out there yet or not. And who is Blanca? Blanca is our housekeeper. Okay, okay. And she comes mm-hmm. different. She doesn't have set hours, but she comes most days. She'll be able to tell you if I yeah. was there when when I when she left or not. Okay. I, I just I can't remember. And so you, you went to the office. You did, you know, some motions. Uh, what time did you leave the office? Real quick. What was the name of the housekeeper? Blanca. Yeah. When, when, I, when she left or not, okay. I, I just I can't remember. And so you, you went to the office, you did, you know, some motions. Uh, what time did you leave the office? I left a little bit earlier than normal because my son Paul was coming home. Okay. Because um, he had not been with us that, during the weekend, and he was coming home. We were going to replant some sunflowers the next day. Okay. And so he was calibrating, doing and getting everything ready. So he got home a little early. I left a little early. So he and I could knock around and we knocked around for, you know, just doing things we like to do out there. You know, we're riding around looking at food plots, looking, you know, look, looking for hogs, a little bit of target shooting, just bullshit. Yeah. You said Paul wasn't with you over the weekend. Where does he, does he live with you at the house on Moselle? 
Well, I mean, that's his home, but yeah. he has an apartment in Columbia. Okay. And he goes to Charleston a lot of weekends with his buddies. Okay. And he had been in Charleston for the weekend. Okay. And then Paul works for my brother John. This mm -hmm. is out here. You met John. Yes, so Paul works for him. So Paul uh, decided to go to, he went to spend the night with my brother, his uncle John. They were very, very close. Okay. Sunday night. Okay. And then he worked for John Marvin, and he came home. Monday afternoon. Okay. Just real quick, uh, Alec Murdoch told you that he left work a little earlier than normal. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That's what he said. And one of the things he told you is they were riding around looking for hogs. Is that right? Looking for hogs, yes, sir. People often use 300 blackout to shoot hogs? They do. About roughly what time in the afternoon? You know, I would think it would be somewhere in the 5 o'clock range, a little bit. It was, it was broad daylight when we were. It wasn't dust dark or late okay you know and we rode you know we just rode around we rode around our dove field looking at how the corn was doing he and i had planted corn in the dove field and he planted the corn in the duck pond and he was you know showing me how much better his corn was doing than mine was <laughs> and um we rode around the duck pond i mean we just you know we rode the property yes sir you know we just we rode the property um, then, I mean, we, we rode around so much, we just rode, okay. probably, we, it was a yeah. good little while. It was yeah. more than 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes, okay. and you know, was it two hours? I don't know. I'd say it was more than an hour, probably. Really wasn't keeping track of time. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't getting dark. Mama wasn't home yet. She had gone to a doctor's appointment, so, you know. Just out of curiosity, target practice, look, don't shoot. Uh, just a little bottle. You mean what, gun? Yeah. A twenty-two okay. Magnum. Rat shot. I think. No, one yeah. rat shot. I think he shot. I think he shot two times, and I shot one time. Okay. Uh, he told you that they shot just a couple of times. The target shooting at a bottle, uh, twenty-two Magnum. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, is twenty-two Magnum? Is that a very small round, or is that a a much larger rifle round, like three hundred blackout? That is a small round. Twenty-two is about as small as it comes. But it, they make them smaller, but that it is small. So after y'all got finished riding around, you try to take me through the rest of the evening. All right. You know, at some point, we were all back at the house together. Mm -hmm. um, Maggie had gotten home, and, you know, we sat down, we ate supper, which we usually eat supper together. The one thing I remember, I don't know how much detail y'all want, so if I start talking about something that you don't need, just tell me, and I'll move to something else. The, the more detail, the better. Sir. So Paul has been having um, high blood pressure, mm -hmm. and... His mama was worried sick about it. So we were actually, you know, this was a direct thing getting him. He doesn't like to go to doctors, making him go get his blood pressure checked. His feet had swollen up recently. Wow. So, you know, it was a big, huge deal. Okay. Uh, you know, we hung around the house for a little while. I know that Maggie went to the kennels. I don't know exactly where Paul went, but he left the house too. Okay. How did Maggie get down to the kennels? I don't know exactly. But on normal occasions, she would drive, drive a buggy, drive a four-wheeler, or very common for her to walk. Okay. How about Paul? Paul wasn't much of a walker, but he would use all of the others. Okay. I mean, it could be anyway, okay. you know? I don't know exactly. I wish I could help you with that. So they left and went down to the kennels? Well, Maggie went to go to the kennels. Okay. Paul, and Paul left? I'm assuming Paul left okay. because of, you know, gotcha. what happened. I mean, I'm assuming Paul yeah, yeah. went to the kennels. Okay. What did you do when, once Maggie and Paul left? I stayed in the house. What did he tell you he did after Maggie and Paul went to the kennels? He stayed in the house. 
I mean, I'm assuming Paul yeah, yeah. went to the kennels. Okay. What did you do once once Maggie and Paul left? I stayed in the house. Okay. And I was watching TV, looking at my phone, and I actually fell asleep on the couch. Okay. And what time did you? You know, I don't know exactly what time I woke up, but when y'all get my phone, you know, I think one of the first things I did when I got up was call Maggie mm -hmm. because I was going to my mom's. Mm -hmm. And I know I texted her because I checked my phone. And what time did we say the text was, Jim? Like 9.06? I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I got it written down for you. I night. showed you the other yes, night, yes, didn't I? Yes, sir, I got this. So, you know, I texted her. So I called her just before that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, she she didn't answer at that point, And I left to go to my mom's. Okay. Y'all just have to look. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure if I called Paul. Well, and, and, that, and that's why we're getting the phone so we can nail down the times and, right. and, and everything. Oh. So... I left, drove, uh, well, you know, I'm going to tell you all this, even though I think it's kind of crazy. I was certain that I heard them pull up. I mean, I was positive that I heard, and, and people don't just come out there. You know, we don't get, like, passed through. I was certain that I heard them pull up, but they didn't. The defendant told you that he thought he heard somebody pull up, but they didn't? Yes, sir. And that was before, according to him, he left the house. Is that correct? That is correct. Well, if you, if you heard something pull up, what did it sound like? You know, I, I, I don't, I can't tell you what it sounded like. I just know that I thought they, I thought that, that my wife had pulled up or I mean, that Paul it, had pulled up. Would it, would it have been the buggy that she normally drives or would it be a car? No, no, I, I, I had the impression that a, that a, a car pulled up. Okay. You know, and. And had you woken up by that time, but hadn't left for your mom's? Yep. Okay. But it wasn't much time in between there because I left pretty damn close. It wasn't much time between me waking up and me leaving the house. Okay. And when I went outside, there's a cat, that, a wild cat that lives around that house. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was the cat that ran okay. from my car, but I never had the impression it was a person, but there was something. Okay. You know? At this point, the defendant tells you something about a wild cat running. He wasn't sure if it was a person. Yes, sir. That's what he says. Uh, but I really don't think, you know, I'm just throwing that yeah, out no, there no, because it was in my mind. Yeah, no, that's fine. All right. That's totally fine. I left. I drove to my mom's. And I she, checked on my mom. she lives mom. right out here, correct? She, she lives at Almeida. Okay. Checked on my mom. Talked with Shelly for a few minutes, you know. Um, Shelly is? The caregiver. Okay. And I know that I called some people on the way that I know I returned a call from my brother John. I know that I called Chris Wilson. I know that I talked to Buster. So I made a few phone calls. Okay. And where was Buster? Buster was in Rockio. Okay. Is that where he lives or? No, he lives in Columbia, but he just started a new job. He, he's going back to law school in January. Okay. So he's working a little part-time job um, with Wild Wings uh, through January. Gotcha. You know, just kind of killing time. And he was in, um, his girlfriend lives in Rock Hill. She's studying for the bar exam. So he had to be in Charlotte. So he was staying with her in Rock Hill, her and her mom. Okay. Can I open the store? Yes, sir. So. All right. So where are we? All right, you, so then you, you I left, left your mom's, mom's and making phone calls. I left my mom's and I went back home. I got to the house. Uh, I went inside. Nobody was there. I got in the car. I went back to the kennels and and you, when you went back to the kennels besides maggie and paul did you see anybody any cars i didn't see take, anything take right then no sir take time. you know i saw maggie and i saw paul laying down i knew you know i didn't know i knew it was bad i went over there and you know i saw it yeah and you know i called 911 okay what what made you decide to go back to the house and get a gun 
Yeah, I, I, I just think the whole scene had me freaked out. Okay. Did you, you take your car back up there? Or did you run up there? No, I drove. Okay. How did Alec Murdoch say he went back to the house after finding Maggie and Paul to go, to supposedly go get a gun? He drove. And, of course, the shotgun that we have is the one you brought back. They were asking me earlier. I'm not sure which one it was. At this point, Senior Special Agent Owen confers with Senior Special Agent Croft and Murdoch Attorney Jim Griffin to confirm which firearm it was. Jim, it was a 12-gauge. Um, yeah, Ronnie had a question. If it was 12 or 20, it was a 12-gauge. And it was that camo, though? Right? Yes, sir. I think it was the uh, 12 um, camo Benelli. 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 I think so. <clears throat> that's about all you got, Benelli out there, right? In the video, Owen returns to questioning Alex Murdoch. And we talked about this a little bit the other night, too. I, I know Paul had been getting some threats and getting some being being assaulted from, you know, the boat. Who who stands out in your mind, besides, besides the boat incident, who stands out in your mind that would want to come after that, after Paul and or Maggie? I mean, sir, I can't think of anybody who would want to go to that extreme, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, he got a bunch of threats. It's, Mostly from, I mean, I have no idea. How would he receive most of those threats? What do you mean? I mean, would, would people call and hang up on him or no, send texts no, or it wasn't social so much media? That. No, it was, it was mostly like in-person confrontations are the ones that I learned about. Now, I suspect his friends can probably tell you about more because I doubt Paul told me about all of them. Okay. But I knew about a lot of them. You know, there were a lot of times where... People would come up to him and he'd be like, they'd say something about, you know, you're going to tell me who was driving that boat or you, you little piece of shit. Were you driving that boat? You know, stuff like that. Okay. Who did he go to Charleston with on the boat that weekend? I don't know exactly. I know that, uh, I mean, I know who his buddies are, but specifically who was on the boat with him, I'm not sure. Okay. You know, but I can give you a list of names of who it probably was. Murdoch attorney Jim Griffin then chimes in with a comment. So, Joe, I don't know if you want me to weigh in here. Maybe put your pens down, but um, a good buddy of mine's son went fishing with me yesterday out in the ocean, and he has a best friend, and his dad's name is Lee Chapman. But yeah, the, the kid said, Lee's son said, that Paul slept on his couch in Charleston two nights before he was murdered. So it's, it's Lee Chapman's son. I can get his name. He probably knows Lee's, Lee's son. I don't know, but, but he goes to Sotomayor, but that's where Paul was. Okay. I learned that yesterday. I don't fish a trip, but it's, I have to say. Look cool. I mean, yes, sir. If you could get me Lee Chapman's son's contact information. There was a bunch of Chapman cousins that Paul was very close with. The closest one being Wills Chapman and Frank Chapman. Wills Chapman is his name, but I'll, I'll, I'll get you a number for him. Frank is John Chapman's son, and Wills is Lee Chapman's son. Yeah. Okay. That's where you want. And those boys are, you know, they're just really good boys and friends of Paul's. And one of them is Wills with an S, right? That's right. right. And Wills goes to the Citadel, let's you understand. No, he's graduated from he the Citadel. Graduated, graduated from the okay. And Frank was in the Citadel, but I think he had some kind of, you know, okay. academic troubles. But I, I, I mean, I, I'm telling you now, mm -hmm. I can promise you that, I mean, those boys love Paul. Well, it's, it's none of, it's absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I just want them. to talk to him about their weekend. And, sure. Yeah. Um, I can tell you this. In riding around with Paul, he was his normal, bright, you know, just he was a really great kid. Yeah. So being a dad myself, what was the biggest issue you had with Paul? 
when you had when you had to call him down and, and scold him or correct him, what was the biggest issue you had with Paul? You know, uh, I mean, I, irresponsibility. He was ADHD, and he had so many wonderful qualities now, mm-hmm. but he was bad about jumping from, he'd start this, maybe not quite finish it, move, do something else, and... You know, you'll find out from his friends, he had clothes strung out all over the state. He did that with clothes. He did that with guns. He did that with my boats. So... He lost weight? He, he would misplace stuff. Okay. Just, you know, mm-hmm. Leave stuff behind, right? Yes, everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, he would go off for the weekend. Sometimes he wouldn't pack clothes because he's got clothes in somebody's house. And then Paul, Paul was one. He, he wouldn't understand how you go out. You know, you and one, you and a girl go out on a date. He he he, he liked the crowd. Who was his girlfriend? He didn't have a girlfriend right now. Okay. Alex, last time I talked to him was like two weeks ago. Although we texted, he mm-hmm. was going to Greenville for a weekend. Not he had friends up there, girlfriend up there. No, no, we had a family. We had a family thing in Greenville, and he came up on. He came up. Paul didn't play golf. He came up on Friday and stayed saturday and then he left to go to charleston and we were stayed another day to play golf my my niece on my wife's side is having a a baby and we went out for that and with that we bring to a close this episode of jury duty the trial of alex murdoch please join our next installment as we continue our review of the testimony of sled special agent croft as creighton waters concludes his direct examination of the witness Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.